another episode of Wild Tater. I am Charles Hathaway, and today we're going to talk about the Nootka Rose, a wild rose which is very common in the mountains out here in central Utah. Now, if you're familiar with most roses, they're grown for their flowers. And some people know that uh, wild, I mean, sorry, flowers, the flowers of roses can be eaten, and that is true. And there are sugared rose petals and so forth. And you can do that, but the the uh, thing that really shines about roses, especially wild roses like the Nootka rose, is the rose hips, which means after the the uh, flower dies off or falls back, it becomes this beautiful red berry. And unlike many roses, these come very soft. They grow very soft, and so as opposed to many of the wild roses that we will probably talk about others in the future. The Nootka rose has a, a rather soft um, rose hip, which when you squeeze it, you can kind of pop those seeds out because you don't want to eat the seeds. We'll talk about that. But you can eat those uh, the, the fruit around the seeds just fine. And, okay, we'll go on talk about that. Okay, the Nootka Rose, also known as the Bristly Nootka Rose. Some people pronounce it Nutka, some people pronounce it Nootka. I pronounce it Nootka because that's the way the place is pronounced as far as I understand, and that is probably what it's named after since these are a very, very cold hardy rose. These do well in zones 4 to 8, so it should be able to survive in temperatures as low as negative 30 Fahrenheit. It is in the rose family, obviously, but which is also the apple family, which is nice to know as you first try the fruit because the fruit tastes quite a bit like apple peeling. Now, for those of you wanting to grow the Nootka Rose, which I recommend if you can get it, uh, the Nootka Rose can tolerate low water it, uh, but it does prefer moist soil. It's often found near riverbanks, um, but generally watering about once a week until it's established will work. And because this is a forest plant, it will do really good in a food forest. Soil pH recommendation is between 4.0 to 7.0. It will bloom and have these beautiful pink flowers from May to July. It's harvest season when you can eat the fruit. It's anywhere from late fall until well into winter. Most people recommend that you harvest it after a good frost because the frost kind of, well, it just, it just gives it a nice texture and flavor. Now, it's likely to fruit after about two to five years, which is common among apple family fruits. Uh, in order to pollinate it for fruit, you only need one plant. This is one of the plants that will generally fruit just fine without a buddy, which is nice. At maturity, the Nootka Rose will get 6 to 10 feet tall. Um, the Most of the ones I've seen in the wild are somewhere around 5 feet tall and round. Another nice thing about the Nootka Rose is that it only, it can tolerate many types of sun situations. It can take full sun, it can take full shade. So if you have things that are just hard sun-wise, um, because there's too much sun, not enough sun, 
whatever. These are great fillers for all those spaces because they will take just about anything. Probably their preferred habitat is kind of a moist stream bank with, with some full and dappled sun and shade. Kind of a mix of both. Okay. I've not been able to find uh, an exact idea of how long they live, except that some sources say that it is a long-lived rose. So, whatever that means. Okay, let's talk about eating the rose hips, because that's where we shine. And, and we can get into a little bit about other aspects of what you can eat with the Nootka rose. But, um, again, the fruit is where it really shines. It is uh, said to be juicy with just a, a nice, pleasant acid flavor, which is to say just a bit of sourness. That depends on when you harvest it. My experience is the later in the season it is, the less acid or acidic that it tastes, and it'll have more of a kind of a mealy, um, dull sweetness later. Um, the fruit can often be dried, and it is often powdered and used as a tea flavoring, which, you know, if you are into herbal teas at all, they are a major thing in herbal teas because they, uh, they add a nice color to it, that nice redness. They have a nice sweetness to them, kind of an apple-like flavor. And, you know, of fruits, apple is kind of the vanilla of, of fruits, and it has that nice apple-like flavor, just that nice tender uh, sweetness with the nice red that it adds as well. And because of that, too, it's often used in uh, jams and jellies. You will hear of rosehip jam. But I should give as a heads up for eating this fruit is like apple seeds, you don't want to eat the seeds to this, okay? At least... Not especially not raw. Uh, they uh, they have just a bit of cyanide in them. That is the one of the chemicals in apple seeds and rose seeds that are not good for you in quantity. If you accidentally swallow a few, it's honestly not going to be a big deal. But you don't want to eat them in quantity. So don't just be popping these in, crunching up the seeds and eating them. Just nibble around the seeds. They're they're bunched together almost like a pit most of the time so you can get around them pretty easily and if you are preparing them for home taking you know home to uh, make into jam or whatever then just you know tear it open cut it open whatever and just scoop those seeds out with a small spoon or something it's it's not hard to remove them sometimes depending on the age of the fruit especially if it's particularly fresh when you first break it open and it's a little bit hard stiff You'll have the problem that you have with other um, rose hips, which is that there will be this fuzzy, almost irritable, fuzzy layer around the seeds, which is kind of nice because it's a layer to separate the uh, seeds from the fruit, so they're not sticking to the fruit, but they kind of cling to this fuzz a little bit. And when you scoop it out, you just get that fuzz out, and and it kind of works together, you know, to, to get the seeds out. But uh, um, you don't have to worry about that fuzz being a problem. It's just that it it's not as fun a texture in the mouth. But honestly, my experience is that uh, usually you can kind of eat around that stuff too. It's really not hard to eat wild rose hips.
if you get it the right season. And for those of you wondering about cyanide poisoning, it, it's actually hydrogen cyanide specifically is what uh, the harmful uh, substance is in the seeds. And I think they can probably be compared with apple seeds. And of apple seeds, it is said that in order to get a, an acute cyanide poisoning from them, you'd have to eat between 83 and 500 seeds in order to start having, you know, that poisoning effect. So, you know, don't eat them, but don't be afraid if you accidentally get a few. I think every kid on earth has eaten a few apple seeds in their life and have lived to go on to live perfectly normal lives. Okay, other aspects, um, edible aspects of the Nootka Rose. It, um, you can eat the petals of the, of the rose raw. They're considered pleasantly aromatic, but they do have a bit of a bitter white taste, okay? My experience with eating petals, other than in the bean family, which we'll talk about sometime again, because I love bean family flowers, they taste delicious. Other than that family flower, they usually taste like they smell. I mean, when you smell a beautiful rose, you don't feel like taking a bite out of it. It's not like it it makes your mouth water. It's just a wonderful, pleasant smell. And it usually tastes like that. And to a bitter level, <clears throat> it's harmless. It's it's absolutely edible. But it's it tastes like a flower, you know? So, I mean, some people will peel and eat the petals in spring when they're still tender. Usually the younger any part of a plant is, the less bitter it will be. So if you really want to eat petals, eat the first ones that come out. Maybe even, you know, harvest right before they open up and and, um, and then eat them then. I think they'll probably taste their best then. They're likely to have just a touch of sweetness. So, I mean, that's a possibility too. Also, the young shoots can be eaten raw or cooked. I have a suspicion, based on my experience with other members of this family eating the leaves, they probably don't taste great. So, I mean, if you're starving to death, go for it. If not, stick with the hips. Okay, let's talk briefly about some of the medicinal uses. Again, I do not prescribe these. This is just information that is out there on the internet. I, I highly recommend before you use this medicinally or for any medical type use that you do your own research. This is the Nootka Rose. And in case I didn't say it earlier, that's Rosa Nutkana. And as per tradition, I'm going to read directly from pfaf.org, the Plants for a Future website. It says, an infusion of the roots and sprouts has been used as an eyewash for sore eyes. A decoction of the roots has been used by women after giving birth and also in the treatment of sore throats. A decoction of the bark has been taken to ease the labor pains of childbirth. A poultice of the chewed leaves has been used to alleviate the pain of bee stings. A decoction of the branches combined with chokecherry and red willow has been used in the treatment of various women's complaints, diarrhea and vomiting. The leaves have been placed in shoes as a protection from athlete's foot. The fruit of many members of this genus is a very rich source of vitamins and minerals, especially in vitamins A, C, and E. 
flavonoids and other bioactive compounds. It's also a fairly good source of essential fatty acids, which is fairly unusual for a fruit. It has been investigated as a food that is capable of reducing the incident of cancer and also as a means of halting or reversing the growth of cancers. Unquote. Okay. That is all I can say about that other than just a, a thought, an idea, I don't know. For any of you that have gotten pricked by a rose um, thorn, sometimes those can be brutal not just because of their shape and, you know, severity of the gouge, but also because sometimes after getting a prick, it almost feels like a bee sting. It's, it's got a little bit of, as if there's something left behind to irritate in order to, in order to deter, you know, animals from chowing them down, which, you know, is, is useful in a food forest if you want to line your property with these it'll probably keep the deer at bay but um, I would say if you get pricked if these are good for bee stings they might also actually be good for their own stings and as it says in here a, uh, a chewed poultice that is to say if you were to take the leaves uh, and just chew them up in your in your mouth and then um, take that little mass that you have um, and pu put it onto the sting, the rose sting, if you will. I wonder if that would actually help. That would be really nice if that's the case. I'm going to try that next time I get a good prick. I'm just going to take some of those leaves, chew it up. It will feel like a nice um, karma <laughs> for, for pricking me. I'm going to pull off some of your leaves. Not meanly, but, uh, you know, let's just see if this helps. Might be worth trying. But again, don't take this as medical advice, but take it as, you know, something to research if you're interested in that. Okay, just a last couple of notes um, before we finish up. If, you know, we, we mentioned a couple of times that it's often found near riverbanks. Um, don't assume from that that it likes deep waterlogged soils. This is not... A swamp plant at all it it's likely to struggle very much in a you know really soppy wet soils it it wants to be just a ways off from that um, it can actually grow well in heavy clay soils but it generally prefers slightly acid soil and both interestingly and usefully this plant grows very well with plants in the alum allium family which is um, onions and garlic and so forth. So if you're trying to keep diseases and insects away from it, um, then, and, and sometimes aphids, I know with some roses, I don't know about wild roses, but aphids can be a problem with some roses. Um, plant a lot of garlic around it. I mean, plant plant that around the base of it, uh, onions and garlic, and, and they tend to grow very well to, together. Um, one thing that it doesn't grow well with is boxwood, which is a common hedge. So if you're thinking to plant them together, um, it might not be the best choice. I'm not saying it can't work. I'm just saying, you know, uh, notes on this say that they're not best friends. And I will say, as a side note to that note, I have a brother and sister-in-law who have a nice hedge of boxwood and there are roses growing out of the boxwood. Like they 
they kind of weaseled their way up through and then grew out the top of it. And, you know, they're not wild roses. They're traditional, you know, tea roses or whatever. So maybe it would still work. I don't know. Anyway, this is a fabulous, fabulous food forest plant because you will find this in forests in the wild, which means it's a great um, thing to have in the wild. I've seen it growing out in the blazing sun where there's no water anywhere near. I have seen it growing near riverbeds. It's, it's a very versatile plant and very ornamental, beautiful pink roses. Just gorgeous little plant um, as far as a, a, a hedge or, or a uh, shrub goes. So get yourself a Nootka rose and thank you again for listening.